He is risen. Happy Easter. It's been um, over a year, and I think last year we were thinking we would meet for Easter last year, but it's a year later. Um, but uh, great to worship in person, to celebrate Easter with each other. Can you hear me all the way in the back, or do I need to? Okay, great. Um, today we'll hear some testimonies of some folks being baptized as part of our celebration. Uh, before that, we'll, we'll take a look at our last character in this Lenten Easter series, and that character is Mary, the mother of Jesus. We find her in John chapter 19, but before we read some verses about her, let's get some context as to what is happening and, and start with verse 19 of chapter 19 in the Gospel of John. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city and it was written in Aramaic and Latin and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. In these verses we read about the chief priests, which I shared about five weeks ago, and our newest elder Mike right over here, Mike McKenna, shared a message about Jesus through Pilate's eyes four weeks ago. Our student ministries director, Chris, who's right next to Mike, but a safe distance apart um, for all of you viewing him. Shared about the Roman soldiers a couple of weeks ago, and our, our hope is that we can see Jesus more clearly through all these different characters along Jesus' road to the cross. And so today, we get to Mary, mother of Jesus, and let's look at verse 25 through 27. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own house. There's a really special bond between a mother and her child. You know, carrying that baby for nine months in her womb, giving birth to that baby, nursing that baby. There's this special bond between mother and baby that isn't experienced by a father. And there was a, a bond that Mary experienced with Jesus that Joseph did not experience. And actually, Joseph isn't mentioned in the last 21 years of Jesus's life but Mary's mother-son bond lasted 33 years and Mary finds herself to be in her late 40s at this stage I don't know if any of you have ever thought about this I this really got me thinking being in my late 40s that Mary was my age when Jesus died on the cross and then I imagined my own child and witnessing my own child's execution before me. 
And what's extraordinary about this is that Mary was very, very accessible to the early church. The gospel writers had access, direct access to Mary to ask her all about Jesus. And she was a primary source to the early church. Some of what we have in the gospels is because of Mary, the story of Jesus as an example. Or who else could they have asked about what happened there? Joseph wasn't around anymore. And how would they track the wise men if they were even still alive? Or how would they find the very shepherds who witnessed Jesus' birth and who knew if they were even still alive? Mary was a key primary source of what we find in the Gospels. She had this very unique and special relationship with Jesus. Luke wrote in Luke chapter 2, verse 19, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And then in verse 51, And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. This moment with Jesus on the cross is a very significant moment between mother and son. And between verses 19 and 51 of Luke chapter 2, where Mary treasured up all these things in her heart, is where we find a righteous and devout man by the name of Simeon. Let's read about Simeon in verses 25 through 35 in Luke chapter 2. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. That phrase, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also. Just such intense words. And these words that Mary would remember and experience, but she'd remember that wonderful lady as well that she met after Simeon, who would be a great encouragement to her and support to her during her grief. Following up in verses 36 through 38, and there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak to Him, to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. To be encouraged by Anna, who lived as a widow for many years, just as Mary did. That Anna continued worshiping with fasting and prayer as Mary did. That Mary gave thanks to God to speak of God to 
all who were waiting for redemption, as Mary did. God knew what Mary needed, and he provided Anna to her as a bearer of this grace and strength in this time of suffering she endured. And when Jesus was born, Mary knew she needed to be ready for these difficult times. She was made aware of these tough times coming, and, and there were glimpses of these piercings of her soul in the gospel. She experienced pain in her relationship with Jesus. And an example of this is found in John chapter 2, that wedding of Cana. That for some reason, Mary brings the lack of wine problem to Jesus, this 30-year-old man. And it's because mothers are always mothers. right? Mothers are always mothers. They love telling their children what to do no matter how old they become. I live this myself all the time. And John chapter 2, starting in verse 1, On the third day there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. So in other words, why are you telling me what to do? Right. These are difficult words for a mother to hear from their 30-year-old son. Right? Mary could have gone crazy on Jesus and, and say things like, Do you know what I went through to have you? Right? Like, Your dad almost divorced me. And I gave birth to you in a cave. And I, 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 that it was used by animals because no one would let me stay with them. All because of you. And Jesus was like, oy vey, ma, not again. And, you know. and then she'd go on, you know, right after you were born, we had to flee to Egypt all across through the desert because Herod killed all the male babies under two years old in Bethlehem. And then we had to trek all the way back through the desert again when, when things were safe. And I just wanted some wine for my friend's grandkid's wedding. Is that too much to ask? You see, times like these are tough for parents. When, when the relationship goes from submitting to your parents to then honoring your parents. That's a tough transition Jesus brought Mary through. There was some discomfort to realize she wasn't Jesus' master. And she was used to this relationship she had with Jesus as his mother. But the relationship was to be where Jesus would be Mary's master. But in true mother-like fashion, in chapter 2 of verse 5 of John, his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Because moms will be moms. And here's another mother thing to do. They forewarn of problems and troubles. Mary witnesses that Jesus is gathering a, a rather large following, and she adores Jesus. She loves Jesus, and she doesn't want to see him in these serious conflicts and so she sees what he's doing to bring about more serious issues and so she and and Jesus's brothers show up to have an intervention with Jesus and this is what happens Luke chapter 8 starting in verse 19 then his mother and his brothers came to him but they could not reach him because of the crowd and he was told your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you but he answered them 
My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Man, Jesus, that's mean. Why would you say that? And another painful moment for Mary. A painful moment for a mom who thought she was wiser because she had more life experience. And, and so when did that change? Why, why is it being challenged when all she was doing was trying to intervene out of love? But God has different plans. And what others saw as foolish, God showed Jesus that it was wise. God had a purpose for Jesus' life. And Mary knew this. But she's like any other loving parent that it's really hard to let go of your kids. But there are these moments from when Jesus was 12 years old in Jerusalem at the Passover, talking to the teachers in the temple, and his parents were looking all over for him up until the point of the cross. And throughout Jesus' life, that this execution that, that pointed Mary to this piercing of her own soul to watch your firstborn child be executed right before you as one of Jesus's closest friends I wondered if John rushed to Mary to try to talk her out of going and I wonder if he couldn't stop her that he then decided you know what if I can't stop her I'm going to be there to support her that if Mary insisted on being at the execution, I'm going to accompany her. And then there's this interaction between Jesus and Mary. John chapter 19, verse 26. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. You notice Jesus' brothers weren't there. And since Jesus wouldn't be there to care for her, he appointed John as her son to care for her, that John would take his place as the son to care for his mother as a widow as she aged, that Jesus honored his mother in her great pain. And I've witnessed quite a few parents lose their children. I can't say I've witnessed any pain greater than this one. And even... In Jesus' last breaths, he's carrying out in obedience the commands of his heavenly Father to honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord God, your, your God has given you, Exodus 20, verse, 20, verse 12. And this is how Jesus is our Savior. He is humbly submissive and obedient to God's will, in its entirety. It's something that we are incapable and have rebelled against countless times. And in verse 27 he says, Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. Church history informs us that John did take Mary into his own home and cared for her until she died. She went to live with him in Ephesus. And Mary was a true believer in Jesus Christ. She believed what the angel of the Lord told her before Christ's birth, that the Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, her Savior. Galatians chapter 4, starting in verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, 
to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through Christ. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow. So that no matter who you are, no matter what you've done or haven't done, what your pain is, what your fears are, what your deepest longings are, where you have failed miserably, where you are at spiritually, you need to know that you can always turn to Jesus who has this extremely generous and gracious heart for you to absolve you of whatever separates you from God to forgive you of whatever wrongs have ruined your life he did this in his last breaths with the criminals on the cross right next right next to him on either side he does this with Mary with his last breaths knowing that he will be dying soon his death on the cross was to forgive you and me and also to take care of you just like Mary he died for her sins and he made sure she was taken care of and he'll make sure you are taken care of and sometimes we're like Mary in that we think God should listen to us that we have the best solutions for God we have the best wisdom for God we have an intervention for God that God should obey us but she was the one that was to obey Jesus Jesus who died for her on the cross and showed her overwhelming grace in his last moments of life the deepest need of a person is to really understand who Jesus is when we truly know who Jesus is everything will be well with our soul just like it was for Mary let's pray Lord Jesus we are grateful to you that we are coming together once again Lord in worship and fellowship we pray, Lord, that we would keep in mind what you have done. This past year has been challenging, and yet you are still on the throne. You are the same yesterday, today, tomorrow. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your communion elements, let's uh, take that out now. We can take communion with each other. Let's take out the wafer first. Symbolizing the body of Christ broken for us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this sacrament that is a continual reminder of what you did for us on the cross. 2,000 years ago and yet we still celebrate it all of our lives 
We pray, Lord God, that you would speak to your church, that you would drive us to repentance of all that separates us from you. Thank you for what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take this bread together. Let's have the fruit of the vine together, symbolizing the blood of Christ spilled for us. Let's take this together. Lord Jesus, thank you for your broken body, your spilled blood. How much you deeply love us and care for us and desire, Lord, for us to have a relationship with you. In Jesus' name.